Hey there, Ross. Hope you're enjoying that beautiful sunny day in Scottsdale. Yes, it's a good day to catch some rays and maybe even tan those weird hairy legs of yours. But before you do, let's dive into today's top stories. Absolutely, Steve. It's Friday, and we've got the news you need to stay ahead of the curve. First up, Match Group, the giant behind popular dating apps like Tinder and Hinge, is in hot water. A new lawsuit alleges that their platforms are designed more for profit than for love, exploiting users with addictive features. I'm Steve Onsker. And I'm Jonathan Martin, and this is Ahead of the Curve from PocketPod News. Over in the business world, Elon Musk is making moves with SpaceX and potentially Tesla, too. Both companies are shifting their state of incorporation following legal challenges over Musk's massive compensation package. And on the tech front, the FTC is stepping up its game against deepfakes. As these AI-generated impersonations become more sophisticated and dangerous, new rules could offer broader protections for consumers. With Match Group facing legal heat over addictive app designs, Musk shuffling his corporate deck chairs amidst legal scrutiny and the FTC tackling deepfake threats head-on. We're here to put all of this into context for you. Stay with us. We've got all the news you need to start your day right here on Ahead of the Curve. This message is brought to you by PocketPod, revolutionizing the podcast experience with the power of generative AI. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to content that listens to you, tailored to your interests, schedule, and style preferences. With PocketPod, every episode feels like it's made just for you, transforming how you experience podcasts. Ready for a personalized listening journey? Visit PocketPod.app today to join the waitlist. In the world of online dating, swiping right might lead to more than just a potential match. Indeed, a lawsuit filed against Match Group, the giant behind popular apps like Tinder and Hinge, alleges these platforms are designed to foster addictive behavior rather than true romance. The claim argues that users are caught in a pay-to-play loop, with the apps encouraging spending on subscriptions and premium features for better chances at love. PocketPod News business and finance correspondent Scott Dwyer has been following this story closely. Scott, this lawsuit touches on some deep issues about how tech companies engage users. What's at stake here for Match Group and its millions of users? Jonathan, this lawsuit indeed shines a light on a critical area of concern in the tech industry, especially for companies like Match Group that own several high-profile dating apps. At the heart of this legal battle are allegations that these platforms are engineered to foster addictive behavior rather than helping users find meaningful connections, the plaintiffs argue that Tinder, Hinge, and other match group apps keep users in a pay-to-play loop, essentially prioritizing profits over genuine human connection. That's quite a claim. Can you delve into the specifics of these allegations? Absolutely. The lawsuit filed in San Francisco presents a broad critique of match group's operations. It accuses the company of designing its dating apps with features that encourage addictive usage patterns. For instance, the claim highlights how unlimited swipes and the ability to send virtual gifts for a fee keep users engaged in spending money on the platform. The plaintiffs from states like New York, California, and Florida argue that this gamification of dating services is manipulative, trapping users in a cycle where meaningful relationships take a backseat to sustained app engagement and revenue generation for Match Group. And how does Match Group respond to these accusations? Well, Jonathan, Match Group has staunchly denied the allegations, labeling them as ridiculous. 
a spokesperson for the company emphasized that their business model is geared towards creating real-world connections rather than keeping users glued to their screens indefinitely. They argue that facilitating actual dates is at the core of what they do and dispute any claims that their platforms are designed with addiction in mind. What about from a legal standpoint? How does this lawsuit frame its argument regarding consumer protection laws? The legal team behind this lawsuit is casting a wide net. They're accusing Match Group of violating both state and federal consumer protection laws through these allegedly addictive design features. It raises important questions about whether companies need to disclose such elements and if failing to do so could be seen as deceptive under consumer protection statutes. This lawsuit seeks class action status to address what it describes as false advertising, defective design, and violations of consumer rights, a move that could have significant implications for how tech companies operate moving forward. It seems like there's also an underlying concern here about how these design choices affect user well-being. Exactly right. Beyond the legal arguments lies a deeper conversation about user experience and satisfaction with life. The lawsuit mentions studies linking features like unlimited swiping to negative outcomes such as ghosting or breadcrumbing, behaviors that can lead to feelings of loneliness and helplessness among app users. This points to an urgent need for scrutiny regarding how such platforms might inadvertently harm mental health and societal well-being. So what does all this mean for the future of dating apps and tech companies more broadly? This case against Match Group could set a precedent for how digital platforms are regulated regarding user engagement tactics considered harmful or manipulative. It spotlights ongoing debates around tech companies' responsibilities concerning user well-being, transparency about potentially addictive design elements, and adherence to consumer protection laws. As we see similar challenges arise against other firms accused of exacerbating societal issues like Mental health concerns among youth, it underscores an evolving landscape where digital practices face greater scrutiny in shaping user behavior. That was PocketPod News Business and finance correspondent Scott Dwyer. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Big moves in the corporate world as SpaceX, under the leadership of Elon Musk, has officially moved its state of incorporation from Delaware to Texas. This shift follows a notable court ruling in Delaware, which favored Tesla investors who challenged Musk's staggering $56 billion pay package. It's a move that's caught the eye of the business and tech communities alike. And it doesn't stop there. Musk also hinted at relocating Tesla and even Neuralink away from Delaware, with Tesla already seeing an overwhelming majority of shareholders voting yes on a move to Texas. To make sense of these strategic relocations and what they might signify for Musk-led companies and their future, we've got PocketPod News business correspondent Leah Haynes on the line. Leah, what can you tell us about these moves and their implications? Well, Steve, it's quite an interesting development. Starting with SpaceX's move from Delaware to Texas, this decision by Elon Musk is not just a change of address. It's a bold statement in the corporate world. By relocating SpaceX and signaling similar moves for Tesla and Neuralink, Musk is perhaps responding to the recent legal challenges he's faced in Delaware. Specifically, the ruling against Tesla's $56 billion compensation package for Musk seems to have been a catalyst. This package was challenged as excessive, and the Delaware judges siding with the investors might have spurred these drastic steps. 
That sounds like a significant pivot. Can you dive deeper into the implications of that ruling on Tesla's compensation package? Of course. Um, The ruling by a Delaware judge deemed Elon Musk's massive compensation package at Tesla as excessive, which is monumental given that it's one of the largest executive pay packages in history. Initiated by shareholder Richard Tornetta five years ago, this lawsuit argued that Musk had undue influence over the board during negotiations. This decision not only affects how executive compensations are viewed, but also raises questions about board independence and corporate governance in large corporations. Interesting perspective there. And what about the shareholder vote for Tesla's move? How significant was that? The shareholder vote represents a critical juncture for Tesla. After conducting an informal poll where 87 percent of respondents supported moving Tesla's incorporation to Texas, Musk announced plans for an official vote. It shows strong public and investor support for such strategic decisions and underscores a desire for change among stakeholders. It's also reflective of Musk's influence over his companies and their followers. Leah, can you expand on why Musk might be encouraging other companies to leave Delaware as well? Certainly, Steve. Elon Musk's suggestion for other companies to consider leaving Delaware seems rooted in his experiences with legal challenges there, most notably the recent lawsuit regarding his own compensation at Tesla. His actions could be seen as pushing back against what he perceives as unfavorable regulatory or judicial environments in Delaware, historically known as a corporate-friendly state. By moving SpaceX and advocating others do the same, he may be signaling dissatisfaction with um, how corporate governance issues are handled there. Now, turning our attention to Neuralink, why Nevada? Neuralink's shift from Delaware to Nevada last week marks another chapter in this realignment strategy by Musk-led ventures. Nevada offers favorable tax treatments and has been positioning itself as a hub for technology and innovation companies, with less regulatory scrutiny compared to other states like California or even Delaware now, apparently. For Neuralink, this move could provide not only financial benefits, but also align with strategic objectives under Musk's vision for his companies. Lastly, what broader implications could these moves have? These uh, relocations highlight a potential shift in how tech giants may approach corporate governance and state incorporation going forward. By moving away from Delaware, a state renowned for its corporation-friendly laws, Musk is perhaps challenging traditional norms around where big tech firms choose to incorporate their businesses based on regulatory environments and governance structures that best suit their interests. Fascinating insights today, Leah. Thank you for having me, Steve. That was Pocket Pod News business correspondent Leah Haynes. Thanks for joining us today. Deepfakes have been in the news a lot lately, haven't they? It's like technology has reached a point where seeing shouldn't always be believing. Absolutely. And it's not just about creating fake celebrity videos anymore. The Federal Trade Commission, or FTC, is stepping up its game to protect consumers from the darker side of this tech. They're proposing new rules to fight against impersonation scams made possible by AI. With deepfakes becoming more sophisticated, it's no wonder the FTC wants to broaden its scope to ensure all consumers are protected. PocketPod News Technology Analyst Katrina Shelton will join us to dive deeper into what these proposed changes mean and why they're crucial right now. 
Absolutely, Jonathan. Uh, The uh, Federal Trade Commission is indeed stepping up its game against the growing menace of deepfakes. Um, By proposing to modify an existing rule, um, the FTC aims to widen its protective net from impersonation scams, um, which have been significantly facilitated by advances in artificial intelligence technology. This move is particularly focused on safeguarding consumers from the kinds of deception uh, that are becoming all too common with the sophistication of deepfakes. That sounds like a significant step forward. Can you break down what the proposed rule modifications entail? Of course. The FTC's proposed modifications are essentially about extending the existing ban on impersonating businesses or government agencies to include all consumers. This means that any attempt to use AI technologies like deepfakes for scams and fraudulent activities could be directly tackled under this new ruling. Importantly, it also targets generative AI platforms, those providing goods or services if they're used for consumer harm through impersonation. With deepfakes being a relatively new challenge, how urgent is this issue for consumers? It's incredibly urgent, Jonathan. Deepfakes are not just about creating fake videos or audio clips for entertainment anymore. They're increasingly being used in online romance scams and corporate fraud schemes. A YouGov poll highlighted that 85% of Americans are worried about misleading video and audio deepfakes, which underscores just how pressing this issue has become. And what does the public think about all this? Are people aware of the risks? Yes, they are increasingly aware and concerned. Public surveys, like one conducted by the Associated Press Nork Center, um, found that nearly 60% of adults believe AI tools will amplify false information during election cycles, such as 2024 U.S. election cycle. This concern points to a broader apprehension about AI's role in spreading misinformation and its potential to undermine trust in digital communications. Given these concerns, what's happening on the legal front to combat deepfakes? While there isn't a federal law explicitly banning deepfakes yet, some states have taken matters into their own hands by enacting statutes criminalizing them, although many initially focused on non-consensual pornographic content. Victims currently might rely on copyright law or likeness rights for recourse, but these avenues can be complex and slow-moving. However, 10 states have laws criminalizing deepfakes with expectations that more comprehensive amendments will follow as technology evolves. Are any states leading the way with innovative approaches? Yes, indeed. States are progressively crafting laws targeting deepfake misuse, with Minnesota standing out for implementing a law against using deepfakes in political campaigning. This reflects a trend towards broadening legal coverage to address various implications of sophisticated deepfake technologies beyond just non-consensual adult content. So what's the bottom line here? How significant are these proposed FTC rule changes? They're incredibly significant, Jonathan. Uh, These proposed modifications by the FTC mark a decisive step towards confronting the challenges posed by emerging technologies like deepfake AI head-on. As public concern grows over misinformation spread through AI tools and states begin to ramp up their legislative efforts, it's clear there's a concerted push at both federal and state levels for robust regulatory action. And rightly so to safeguard individuals and society from these increasingly sophisticated digital threats. Thanks for those insights, Katrina. My pleasure, Jonathan. Happy to share them. And that's Ahead of the Curve for Friday, February 16th, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Ross. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app.